Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. You put too much on your plate, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you can't possibly achieve it. And that's not your fault because you are busy and you're doing it all. It's almost like a fear of failure and I won't fail because I'll just put so much on I can't possibly achieve it. Whereas if you go all in on one thing, then there is a chance that you could fail with that. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary here and Anita Baldwin. Hi Anita, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm awesome, thank you. So we had the pleasure today, didn't we, of interviewing Lisa Wynn, um, who herself has a podcast um, called The Legacy Creators Podcast, which has not been out too long, but her herself, she's been like a coach before. It was cool to be coach actually. Um, and it's all about we're all about oh we want to leave a legacy but what does that actually mean and how much can we actually do of it now um in the lifetime that we've got rather than do try and do great things and and the bit that i particularly like is where she's talking about not being a martyr there's nothing worse than people that are martyrs they annoy me so bad. <laughs> let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe good morning lisa how are you really well thank you sun shining here it looks like it's gonna rain here i feel like duped i keep seeing like the people have got this lovely weather yesterday was okay and you know what we keep interviewing people that are in other countries whereabouts are you Lisa. I'm in Suffolk in England. Oh, right. Lovely, yeah. We used to have doing these um, podcasts for people where they're in different time zones, different countries. So it's nice to have someone from the UK on. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and of course about your new podcast that you've recently released? I work with people all over the world with Legacy Creators is the the my my real joy to work with people who want to make a, a real difference in the world and who know that they they don't want to just change the world they want to change their own world they're prepared to walk the talk if you like so many people who want to change the world by sort of um, making their own life too difficult so i work with people who are prepared to just change things really from the root um and i do that around the world so when you say change the world um that's quite a big thing isn't it what do you mean by that or what do they normally mean by that so often they don't know they'll turn up and say i just i know things need to be better they will be often quite distressed about the different things that they're seeing in the world um the big questions that we have for humanity you know, right now we have more more people displaced from their homes than we have since the Second World War. We have children who are stuck in poverty, who are not in school, who have no hope of getting out of the poverty trap. And then we have people who are seeing local communities where there's homelessness or their children are not getting the education they want. So I think human beings are wired to want to make the world better for other people at whatever level that means to them. So, so that's what they're coming for. They're coming to feel like they've made a positive impact at some level, small or huge. And so how do you help them? I would say one of the key ways I help them is by helping them get out of their own way. Mm. So, so many of us buy into these stories that we have, that it's difficult to make a change, that you have to exhaust yourself, you have to wear yourself out. Many of them have limiting beliefs about money. 
that it's not okay to earn money while you're making a difference along the way you know like before we came on we were just talking about i was talking about like you and your podcast and things and i was saying about um how annoyed i personally would be if like you you didn't become like um you know you weren't known you got known but you weren't known until like 100 years after you died <laughs> not that you'd know about it because obviously you're um you know you're dead but it would be you know those, those struggling artist types that 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 have the head down and they're on a mission and no one cares no one listens until they've, they've been dead for however long <laughs> but i was thinking because uh, what one of the things i liked in the podcast that i heard you say was about um you know making that change and it being like now it happening in our lifetime not necessarily waiting and you know be, there's no need is there now to be a martyr on the mission to the channel if anything it's it's a worse thing to be a martyr and to be run down and you know not have enough you won't make the impact that you want in, until you look after yourself and make sure that you're earning along the way, I guess. Yeah, martyrdom has been the sort of too traditional a way of making change. It doesn't serve the poor for you to be poor. It doesn't serve the hungry for you to be hungry. It doesn't serve me to be poor. <laughs> you know, when when we can actually let go of this martyrdom, which is actually, when you look into martyrdom, it's really selfish because martyrdom is all about you. Yeah. If you're being in martyr energy, actually, you're being superior. You're saying that I am somehow a better person because I don't take what I need. I will give it to you. It's not unconditional love. If you're mm. in martyrdom, you're expecting sort of egotistical strokes in response so you want attention for your suffering almost yeah have you ever watched Bates Motel it's just I don't know how why but it's, it's something that was uh, a series that was on in 2013 but um, BBC have just started playing it again uh, last night the, the play they um had the first two shows was were, were on and uh, there's a woman in there um because there is somebody that I'm thinking of straight away when you talk about this martyrdom, that, that martyrdom or however you say it, being a martyr, I'll, say, <laughs> I'll make it easy for myself, that I think of in real life, but I can't mention them because we're on the podcast, but who I'm, I don't have to deal with anymore, which is great. But this woman in Bates Motel is just like that. So she's got this, um, she's a single mom, she's got this son, and she makes this, they're called Norman, and she makes the son feel like she's doing everything she does she's doing selflessly for him all the time like she's and it, and it is exactly what you're saying there in the way that she's um that she comes across in that and it's it's if you haven't watched it you need to go find it on BBC iPlayer and start watching it because it's a it's a brilliant series I think actually it's a it's a shame that selfish is thought of as a negative word and actually it shouldn't be should it because to be selfish is just to look after yourself sometimes and put yourself first sometimes and in, in order you when you do that you can then help other people more which is what you're saying isn't it yeah you're right self being selfish is not necessarily a bad thing all the time but that kind of being a martyr is not it's not cool it's not going to get you changing the world is it is your point not in the long term so one of the models that I use in the work that I do is the levels of potential where you're looking at are you making an impact in your own life are you making an impact in the lives of people around you? So that, that's what I would call greater potential. So that's where I'm being in service, but it's limited by my resources, my money, my time. And then we get to this space of profound potential where it's becoming a movement and it's much bigger than we could ever achieve on our own. 
And then we just get to this space of pure potential where the human collective consciousness is, has clicked. Like the thing that we were trying to work against is now eradicated from the human consciousness. You know, like one day from now, my granddaughter hopefully will say, Granny, is it true they used to use plastic once? Yeah. Like how How is that a thing? So that's the point at which it's just gone from the human consciousness. So when we focus on martyrdom, actually what we're focusing on is personal potential. Yeah. We're saying, I want to feel better about myself. And the way that I'm going to do that is by doing something for you. So that holds us in this sort of inner realm of, of potential where we can't really just let the ripples go to really get to that space of profound potential where we're starting movements and, and humanity is shifting, to even have the potential for that, we have to step out of martyrdom and actually be, the, the difference I, I would make between the two is being a change maker and a game changer. So I can be a change maker, I can help other people. What we need to really step into, I would say, is game changing, where we're completely changing the way that, that change is made. And yeah. you can't do that from martyrdom. What made you want to start the, the podcast and what, what sort of drove you to do that? Because you're, you're, you've been a coach before it was cool to be a coach, haven't you? You've been a coach for a long, a long time. It seems like everyone's years. a coach these days. Yeah, yeah you've, you've been a coach over the time. What have they, what have they, actually, this is quite a good question. What, what are the big, like, main changes that you've seen? Because that's the game has changed in coaching, hasn't it? What's been the, the best things that have changed in the, the world and the industry of being a coach and what are the kind of bad things that have changed, would you say? I think the thing is in coaching, you you have distinctions between different types of coaching. So for me, I started my coaching career at, by training as a coach, which a lot of people don't do. They would become a coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, now I'm a coach. That's the trouble, isn't it? Anyone can call themselves anything these days. Yeah, exactly. So, so for me, what I've seen is the rigor of training diminish in many ways and increase in others. So if you come to the International Coach Federation, which was a sort of original global federation for coaching, they have raised their standards, they've recently updated their competency framework, uh, through the years, I've gone through the different competencies so to, at the different levels. So in 2006, I became a master certified coach. And then in the 17 or whatever, 15, 16 years since then, um, obviously I just kept growing and growing as a coach. Um, so, so the rigor of coaching, the way that it's used in corporations, um, in corporations now, people generally want to know, are you trained? Do you have a supervisor? You know, what's your CPD? They take coaching really seriously and it's much more impactful. And then in the outside world, what I've seen is, you know, people say, oh, everyone's a coach. Um, and there's a, a different debate about coaching there because there people are saying, well, do you know what it is that you're going to teach? Whereas the International Coach Federation doesn't see coaching as teaching. It, it's much more about facilitating somebody else 
to get out of their own way, to design their own way forward. It, it's much more empowering. It, it's actually considered unethical to give advice. <laughs> so it's a very different aspects of the profession. Hmm. So what um, practical tips would you give to somebody who kind of has a vision for change and it's like, I don't know where to go with this? The first piece is around, and I don't know how practical this is, but it's definitely the most important piece, is to get out of your own way, to stop telling yourself you can't do it, to um, look at where you're making up stories that say that you can't do it, and remember that actually it's, it's individuals, it's small groups of people that make the biggest change in the world. So the first thing is own it. The second thing I would say is find a network. You, you know, you, you need to stand for something in this to make a change, but you don't have to be standing on your own or doing it on your own. There isn't a big question in humanity right now that doesn't already have a lot of attention. So, so find a network, even if it's people working on other groups. So we have, for instance, the Legacy Creation Clan in Facebook. We have people in there who are working on all manner of legacies. And some of them are actually just finding their feet in their own life so that in the future they can make a change. Some of them are making mind-blowing change already. So find your tribe and then choose because you can't fix everything. Make a decision, yeah, I love mm. that, because people jump on the bandwagon of what's trendy at the moment instead of really knowing themselves enough to decide what what change and what's in, important to them. So It's the old pick one thing, isn't it, that we talk mm. about in business as yeah. well. You can't do everything. You can't be known for everything. Just pick something. And it's actually quite egotistical to think that, like, you can... <laughs> fix them all the different i think it's also a form of procrastination isn't it because if you put too much on your plate whether it's conscious or subconscious you can't possibly achieve it and that's not your fault because you are busy and you're doing it all so it's like it's almost like a fear of failure and i won't fail because i'll just put so much on i can't possibly achieve it whereas if you go all in on one thing then there is a chance that you could fail with that isn't there those limiting beliefs that we have show up in really different interesting ways and they show up in so many different ways that we don't necessarily notice it sometimes it looks like a positive belief so when you're co when i'm coaching somebody who says right i'm going to change the entire world i'm going to end world hunger by next january and i'm going to earn 10 million pounds doing it you you sort of like great if that's true um, but also what we tend to do is if we lack belief in ourselves, we will create such a huge goal that couldn't possibly be achieved so that we can look back and say, well, it was a bit big anyway. Yeah. It's like my daughter who's just got a Pinterest board of penthouses in New York and custom built her own Range Rover online. She's 14. And when I said, what's your plan to get there? She said, I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> so, uh just do that, okay. When you've got the belief and the drive to go with it. Ah, it's the drive, you see. That's a great point. It's the drive that the belief is fine, isn't it? But it's the actual doing. Do you know what I find? Obviously, we we've uh, did a clubhouse room together, didn't we, Lisa? But I was, I've been on clubhouse um, a few times now where the same person has asked the same question in the same room, like, and and 
that and they've had similar answers and I think why have you not you've still not gone and done that thing and then I've even um said to people look I've you know I've messaged them on Instagram because they I had a conversation on Clubhouse and I followed up and I've said okay do you want to do this thing then and it's like then they kind of stop and they get paralyzed and they they actually just want to talk about the thing that they're trying to go and do instead of actually taking that one step towards doing it and it's it's incredible that people will waste hours and hours in Clubhouse asking that same question and just then just being stuck still and not even just doing one little thing, step towards that very next thing. And it, I think it's the same when you start a business, you know, you have these, um, you're so passionate about the business and what you're going to do and what you're going to achieve. And I think um, a lot of people overestimate what they can achieve in one year and underestimate what they can achieve in like five years or something. Um, because, and they look like, oh, we've been doing this a year now. We've only got this much. But well, hang on, if you keep, it will compound. The more you do it, the more people know who you are. And um, and it, I think it's the same like with actually with podcasts. The amount of people that start a podcast and then they just quit after like a few you know, a few episodes or they go 20 on and then they, they quit. And it's like, actually, no, it's the it's the long game. It's turning up every, whether you're going to do it once a week or once two, every two weeks or three times a week, whatever you decide, decide to do is showing up and doing that, you know, consistent, consistently that is going to, you know, win on the, in the long run. But I think a lot of people don't, they don't want to do the work. They don't want to, they have these ideas of change, but they don't, don't realise nothing changes and, until you actually start making those changes yourself and, and working towards them. So that's really interesting to say that. Um, you know, often people want to make the change. Motivation is not usually the problem. This for me comes back to that distinction between the two types of coaches you have, where you have your, your qualified coaches who have a skill set to help people get to what's holding them back. And then people who are online business coaches who have a lot of knowledge and are telling you, do this, do this. So for me, I mean, I hope I bring the two together, actually. Yeah, I was just thinking um, when you were speaking earlier, I hope, I hope that we're like a hybrid of that uh, because we there is an element of what we do that's just like, look, do this, this, that, you know, like because people, there's certain things that just, if they just do that, they're, they're getting the practical steps done. But then there's also, because when Anita and I first started our program, we actually made it a six week program and, um, you know, we've got people on board and we get, gave them everything they needed, but we've had to change it to a 90 day program since because actually that bit that you're talking about there about the getting out your own way, the mindset, all of that piece needed to be incorporated and it was actually no good as saying, right, okay, what you need to do is you need to go ahead and you need to set up your profiles like this, you need to connect with these types of people in this way and then you need to bring it all together, monetize it this way. That's fine, they're the steps, it's the blueprint, it works, it's the method and it does work. But if, you do, if you're not on board like with the belief and the mindset and, and understanding why you're doing it, then um, it's gonna be a lot harder for you. There's, there are people that can take uh, information and go because that's maybe they've got done this work before, I guess. Because sometimes I've bought programs and I think, don't need that bit, you know, I'll just need that bit and I'll, I'll you know, I'll just get the bit that I need and um, not really need some of the bits because I've done that work. But people that are at different stages do do need that mindset piece and that get out the get out the way bit I guess so yeah it'd be good to have, think that we're like a hybrid of like telling you what to do but also hang on why have you got those limiting beliefs and what can we do to get you out of your own way so you can do what you need to do to get moving forward Lisa how do you help people understand what kind of person they are um and whether it's um, limiting beliefs holding them back or inability to take action or or what let me try and put 20 years into yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question i know 
no, no, it's a great question. But for people listening, they, you know, sometimes you just don't know yourself well enough to know what it is. No. And the thing is that it's not like, so you see a lot of programs where there's a mindset coach comes at the beginning, fixes your mindset, and then they spend, you know, three months telling you what to do or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's mind-blowingly limiting for people to do that because your mindset changes as you go through something so here i am thinking okay i want to start my podcast for instance um 20 years of experience i've stood on stages all over the world in like 50 countries in corporations and you name it and i went through this piece where i thought yeah but who wants to listen to mark just me on on a podcast so so there's the who you are at the beginning knowing your strengths i know my strengths are speaking and writing they're the two things that have always grown my business as a marketer i mean obviously not just as a coach so at the beginning i want to know what are my strengths what are my limitations what's the narrative that i'm running in my mind and is it empowering or not because even if it's empowering now after i've so i've delivered my first 10 podcast they're waiting some of them are out some of them are waiting had all this positive feedback i'm flying i'm so happy now i've got to create more <gasps> what if people still want don't want to listen to me now so what happens is as you want to make change in your own life or the world so you have to grow your self-image at every stage and even those people who start off super positive yay i'm gonna do it get to a certain stage where their self-image is just stretched. It's like an elastic band, stretching, stretching, stretching. If you just snap it too fast, it just breaks. But you grow it, you grow into that, you embody it, you do more, you grow more. That's that's the pattern. And it's interesting what you said. You've, we've spoken, you know, 50 different countries and all these different corporations and from all these different types of people. And then a microphone. <laughs> with you on your own in a room is scary and I, I totally get that because I, I felt the same I'd done loads of like Facebook lives Instagram lives you know where I'd jump on like I'd go on other people's podcast fine because they're asking me it's like I wasn't running the show so you know ask me a question I'll just answer the question um but when I had to do the podcast then it was quite nerve-wracking and Anita and I like interviewed each other for the first ones and it was like oh god well we talked about doing a podcast for nearly a year and we even carried podcast equipment around with us we took it down to London when we were speaking there thinking we'll start and we can and it was the most best traveled podcast suitcase ever yeah not a small suitcase either so yeah there was some kind of um block on starting it wasn't it which wasn't to do with time or effort or energy it was a purely a mental block definitely so do you have any like inspirational examples to give so you've worked with people that want to make change and you've helped them to do that um anything you can talk about i know you probably won't be able to give us names and things like that but of things that you've helped make people um happen for themselves and the achievements they've had so two very different ones spring to mind just because it's quite fun because i know you have a lot of people in corporations listening right yeah, well, they were ex-corporate, so ex -corporate, they, okay. yeah, well, I'm probably people in corporations thinking about quitting that and doing their own thing. <laughs> but yeah, we have a lot of people that have they've been okay. like, you know, working in corporate for years and years, and then they want to start their own thing. And obviously, they've got to start marketing their own thing, but they've never marketed anything in their life because they just worked in a business where they had a marketing team mm -hmm. that did all that side of it. So yeah, we help kind of uh, bridge that gap, if you like. One of my favorite stories 
is about a lady in her late 70s who never was too late never too late chinese lady she um had never had children and had always wanted to have children and was just devastated that she hadn't had children oh it can be too late for that in your 70s <laughs> i take back my previous comment don't like to talk about limiting beliefs but no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the coaching with her, what she realized is what was important to her was actually not having children of her own, but helping children. And she had this complete heartbreak about how children are educated. And in China, that's really tough. So she started by writing a book about her thoughts about parenting. And she was so stuck at the beginning because she hadn't had children and she thought well who's going to listen to me because yeah. I haven't had children that's often what people think like who's going to listen to me if I haven't done this when I was in my late teens early 20s people every now and then used to say you should be a life coach you should and I'd just laugh and go ridiculous I've not had a life yet and uh, it's, it's that same sort of thing isn't it I've not, oh, I've not done that so not, you know I'm not there and people with lots of experience also think that don't they but yeah I can see her point of view I'm going to write this parenting book, but I've not had any children. Yeah, she, you know, she wanted to talk about how parents and the education system can work together to best bring out children's potential. So, and she hadn't been a teacher either. Wow. So she wrote this book, and this book is just huge. It's a massive bestseller wow. in China. And she started a school now for both parents and kids to come to, to work on their parenting skills, for children to work on their confidence and things. So she's actually quite a celebrity in that world wow. in China now. She's sort of 80-ish now. Um, so she's just an incredible woman who started with this personal pain that she thought was the problem, and then actually has created this paradigm change in, in China. What a great um, story. It's so, so cool. Every time I see her, she looks 10 years younger. If you saw her now, you would not believe that she's 80. It is mind-blowing. She Maybe you think healthy she's diet. a healthy 60-year-old. Mm. And then, you know, I also I do a fair amount of work in corporations. So I've worked with, for instance, a Nigerian oil company. And this was always an interesting thing for me to, to, to make ethical decisions about who I work with and why I work with them. So, so I've been working, I was working with the board of this uh, Nigerian oil company to help them to, at the moment, still dependent on oil in the world. So um, helping them to look at how can they create safer systems, both for people so how do they, so they, they're working on this system and this is the joy of genuine, co you know, like pure coaching, let's say, because I don't know anything about fracking for oil, let's be honest. But <laughs> people sit back to communicate better as a team, to own their power, to be more creative, to let go of the stories of how it has to happen. So they're creating this system where they're fracking from satellites. So nobody has to set any local explosives. So wow. the, number of the number of accidents has massively diminished. They're more accurate, so they're doing less damage. And at the same time, I'm coaching them on what next? You know, How do we make sure that we don't need oil anymore? 
So it's, it's, it's truly incredible when you stop judging people, whether it's a corporation or an individual or a team, and say, what could be different? What could change? What, what's the current change that we can improve? And in the long run, how are you going to make an exponential change? It's interesting, isn't it? Because that's why um, big businesses want a certain amount of staff turnover, because otherwise you get a situation where you've got a team that have all been there for 10, 15 years. And every, every time someone says, why don't we try this? There's always someone to go, we tried that 10 years ago and it didn't work and nothing changes. So you want those fresh ideas. And by being having your own business, a, a small business, it's really hard to get that influx of fresh thinking and not to that cynical, well, I tried Facebook 10 years ago and it, it didn't work for my business. So there's no point trying it again or, or what have you, which is why having someone like a business coach to just kind of, unblock that and go actually that's your thoughts it's not necessarily the truth is so important when you're working just on your own I think yeah just fresh just somebody mm. to just quit, like ask the question why do you do that like that yeah <laughs> oh, yeah exactly um, we don't actually know just because we've always done it like that well there's always that you get into a new business and you say why do you do that like that and the answer is well we've always done it that way and it happens time and time again doesn't it and it can happen when you've not even had a business that long I mean we've been going probably 18 months or something but even with us, you know, we started working a business coach that went, why is your funnel like this? Why Why is this? And we were like, <laughs> we don't know, because someone we'd worked with before, put it like that. And apparently there was a million things wrong with it. Not a million, but, you know, like it could be so much more efficient just because somebody that knows has just had a quick look at it and gone, right, okay, you need to change this, this, you know, I'm going to switch it up for you, switch it up, and, it, you know, it's a million times better now. But And it's, if that can happen in a new, but in, I feel that we're like, you know, the type of people that are, are we're not working in our business we do work in our business we still have to but we very much work um like on it as well we're always thinking like new and better ways of doing things you know i, I don't think that we're like you know old-fashioned stuck in the mud type of people we're always open to change and yet we you know we still have people come in that can go ah oh, what about this what about that so we well, don't know what you don't know people that are, are you you know heads down you know doing the work day to day um that i can imagine they would massively um need somebody to just come in and just breathe some fresh air into it and, and and change things up and it's interesting what you say about judging as well like not judging the industry that you're going to go and work in or i, I need to work on my <laughs> judginess <laughs> i definitely do, do need to because I'll, I'll i have things in my head that I just think assume about things you know like i said then like a nigerian oil firm or whatever and some people probably go i'm not oh well, that's i'm not going to work with them for that reason like you just said they're like what do you know about that but you're like actually let's have a look and let's um let's let's, let's see see what it's about which is great and then obviously that's how you've ended up working with in like 50 countries that just blows my mind but again that's somebody that was starting something might think i'm going to go and talk in 50 countries but then they don't realize it's taken you you know 20 years of work to get to that level and to, to have done that so not everyone obviously can you know that they, they think they want to do that yesterday but in reality it takes a while to get there there are a, a couple of questions we always ask everybody we interview mm -hmm. and the first one of those is what makes you savvy because we're the get savvy club and you can take that any way you want what makes me savvy because i know exactly who i am oh, and I, I really like that i i've learned to like who i am that is such a simple sentence, but the power of it and the journey to get there is just huge, isn't it? Huge. Is that something you have consciously worked on or something that just comes with experience or what do you think or both? Conscious work. Mm. Conscious work. 
And to be honest, the the reason that I realized I really needed to do more of it was because I, I saw how much it was helping, holding me back from making a difference in the world. Yeah. And if I don't, I believe wholeheartedly that you and I are the same, that all of us are seeds of the human collective consciousness. We, we're all human beings. I can't say I love human beings if I don't love myself. Yeah. I can't love unconditionally. I can't give unconditionally if I'm giving from a position of not liking myself. It, it makes me wobbly. It, it, it makes my energy unsustainable. And it means I need something from you in return. So it it was that trigger, really. I thought I can get through life from this position of not really liking myself and got to a stage where I thought, no, listen, babe, if you can get through life change-making, but changing the game means you have to fall in love with yourself. And I, that's mm. what I did. I actually set a specific year to launch this and I and I had a one-year love affair with myself it was very see I get on the opposite as I get older I um dislike other people more <laughs> Just, <laughs> most people are assholes <laughs> oh no you've got a lot of work to do <laughs> no, I'm seeing the light <laughs> oh no which might actually bring us on to the second question we ask is to <laughs> recommend a book so it might be something about, you know, enlightenment or getting to know yourself or anything you think has helped you along the way. One of my favourite ever books is The Art of Possibility by Rosamond Zander. Great title. It's co-written with her brother, Ben, who was the conductor of the, I think, Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. I might have got it wrong. Um, it's Each chapter is just absolute wisdom. One of the one of the chapters is called Rule Number Six. is my favourite. It's, it's I think it's Rule Number Six. Um, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, yeah definitely. I got that one nailed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a beautiful one called Give something about give yourself an A. And I use this in my coaching a lot. So so Benjamin, when he runs music workshops, sort of programs over a period of time. The first thing he does before the program starts is he gets each of his students to award him themselves an A and then write a letter to him telling them how, how proud they are of themselves and how they got the A. Who were they? How did they turn up through the program in a way that meant they got an A at the end? And he talks about how creativity when you're trying to succeed, when you're trying to get an A, your creativity is low. So if you already got an A at the beginning, your creativity can just run wild. Yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy. It does. And if you, it reminds me of when I did my BTEC in performing arts, we used to have to mark ourselves. You do, you do your work, right? And then you'd have like this um, piece of paper that you had to like put your marks on. And I, or you could give yourself obviously like, obviously fail, but why would you put that? Or pass merit or distinction and i always used to give myself a distinction which was the highest grade like distinction plus on it and whatever and um there was there was once there was this woman this girl was really put out because um she only got a merit plus and i got a distinction for this 
singing work that we did. And it's only, and she's like classically trained. Her mom had paid for all these top things. She was really annoyed by it. And um, and I went, oh, well, what did you mark yourself as? And, then, and she was like, oh, well, Merit Plus. I'm like, <laughs> when you start marking yourself as a distinction and then in the mindset of the, you know, the teacher, the tutor who's marking it, you don't believe it's, a, if you don't believe it's a distinction, you put Merit Plus, why on earth are they going to go, okay, I'll give you a distinction. So she was like, oh yeah. But thank you for that. We What we do is we always give away um, a, a, whatever book is recommended, we give it to one of our listeners. So, um, you know, they kind of need to screenshot the podcast, put it on social media somewhere, and then they've got a possibility of giving that uh, winning the book as well, which is great. So how can people find out more about you? Well, of course, my brand new podcast, number one rated. Fabulous. Charted all it's over exciting. the world. So excited. Um is the Legacy Creation podcast and my brand new website launching on March the 8th for International Women's Day. And Schools Reopen Day, more importantly than any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I may not have thought that through really. I may have trouble. Yeah, you're clashing with a lot. You're, you're off against in Women's International Day, kids going back to school. Um, well, they can get rid of the, the kids at school and then they can go and check your website out, can't they? That's the thing today. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Fabulous. Thank you, Lisa. That was really good. And you know, I'm one of these people that I don't really get when people come out with big words. I don't really get what it means until you break it down and actually start talking about it. And I just loved, you know, the story she talked about, the, um, the Chinese lady who wasn't a parent or a teacher but wanted to help children and education and it just really resonates with people we work with um with helping people get out on social media and start talking about what they do and lots of them don't want to do it because they think well i'm not quite trained i haven't had enough clients i'm not the expert in this i don't have all the accreditations and it yeah and yeah and it just stops people doesn't it and that is just an inspirational story to say do you know what it doesn't matter just get out there get your voice out there and there will be people who you will help definitely think, so. think about captain tom he might he could have thought to himself who cares about me or you know there's somebody that can walk faster or or um you know more robustly or do more laps yeah who's going to be interested in me just going up and down my garden in my zimmer frame well look at how that turned out when he was like age nine like he did that when he was like 99 or whatever he was so yeah it's um you know you can always make an impact no matter what age you are and also i like to think about um Kentucky Fried Chicken guy, Colonel Sanders, I think, um, when he had his um, recipe for chicken and he, he went out in his 60s. Um, and now, look, KFC. So never too old. She now quite fancy some fried chicken. <laughs> well, I've got no hope for getting it. I don't live near a KFC. Um, but yeah, always something inspirational. So if you want to win a copy of um, the book that Lisa talked about, then all you have to do is take a screenshot of... Um, of this podcast to show you've listened to it and then put it on social media and tag Anna or me or both of us um, and we'll pick someone out of a hat and send it to you um, and so subscribe and give us a fantastic rating and a review if you don't mind it all helps and um, don't forget to listen out for the quickie on Thursday I can't tell you what it's going to be about because we haven't decided yet but it's bound to be a good one anyway have a great week bye that was Marketing Made Easy the podcast from Get Savvy Club if you enjoyed it join our Facebook group just search Get Savvy Club Get Savvy Club